And so you're then really trying to ponder and think and treasure the things of God, see where you need to repent of your sin, apply the forgiveness of the gospel, know how to intercede for yourself and others. So I I can see how that is because that's where we're going to get, where we're going to grow, where our minds are going to be transformed. Yeah. Not just by quick intake, but by allowing the spirit to to allow us to ponder, treasure, ruminate, meditate, whatever word we want to choose. Greetings, Redeemer family, and welcome back to Redeemer Radio. I'm Pastor Ross, and we are continuing our season called Well-Worn Pass. And we uh, defined that last time. We're saying Well-Worn Pass are spiritual practices that help us access God's power to more faithfully and fruitfully know and follow Jesus. In other words, we're talking about what have been called the spiritual disciplines, the means of grace. Essentially, like we said last time, it's it's putting ourselves in the way of the Holy Spirit to really allow the Spirit to work in our lives. Kind of like one author has said, putting up a sail um, to let the, the wind of the Holy Spirit work in us. And, you know, we also said last time that, that there are well-worn paths. There are things that Christians have done throughout the ages that where the that spirit has run time and again um, in in God's people's lives. And so now the ne- the rest of our episodes are going to be looking at specific paths, specific means of grace. And today we are talking about meditating on God's word, Bible meditation. And uh, one of our one of the things we're going to talk about is the CBR journal, the community Bible reading journal that our church has been using for a number of years. And uh, just a reminder, if you don't have one or if you've finished yours, we do have some in the foyer for you. Um, we would encourage you to grab one. But I'm joined again by Dan and Sean. And guys, the last couple readings in um, the CBR journal have included Song of Solomon. So this this could get interesting today. <laughs> yeah, we might have to put an explicit tag on the uh, podcast. Yeah, we don't want to really go there. It's, it's a lovely book from the Bible, but it is. It is. And it uh, makes I, me want to study it a little more. But I do remember one of our younger um, members, you know, in, in late elementary school, when we first did CBR, started in Song of Solomon, was like, Mom, I'm having a hard time understanding this. Can you tell me what it means? Nice. nice. So uh, then That's we emphasize, awesome. maybe you should start with just the New Testament for now. Yes. That was the appropriate context for that conversation. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well... So let's jump right in. Um, last week, we did talk a little bit about meditating on God's word. Dan mentioned the word rumination that he really likes. Um, but what do we mean? Just to start off, what, what do we mean? Let's define our terms. What do we mean by meditation when we say biblical meditation? And and I can just start here. Um, you know, I think the, the word meditation can have a real... Um, uh, our culture really takes that word and has a, a strong meaning for it in one way, and and but it's this idea of emptying your mind that is often used um, in the world and and in different religions. But when we're talking about biblical and Christian meditation, it's not emptying your mind; it's actually filling your mind, filling your mind with the things of Christ and the things of God. And so it it is it is different than just simple Bible intake, where you're just trying to read you know, swaths of scripture, which there's nothing wrong with that. But meditation is, is a little bit different. It's, it's, it's sitting in it. It's, it's really investigating. It's really basking in 
the things of God. And in Psalm 1, um, which I'll mention again later, it, it says, blessed is he who meditates on God's word. The Hebrew there, the word there is a kind of a complicated word, but um, Eugene Peterson kind of equates the meaning of that word to a dog. He, he talks about his dog gnawing his sort of rawhide bone and just, you know, just gnawing on it and chewing it and, and licking it and, and over every last part of it slowly but surely. And, and that's that starts to get at what we mean by just meditating on God's word, really letting it fill our minds and hearts. Uh, Sean and Dan, any other thoughts to that? Yeah, so meditation, I think so Mathis says in his book, Habits of Grace, which is we're using a lot of that that book to to help our, our discussion around the, the spiritual disciplines. He's, he talks about how meditation also can uh, really bridge the gap between the reading the word and, and our prayer to God. So really meditation as as we bask in the word, as we let it kind of shape our desires, shape our thoughts and the way we interpret the world around us, it leads us to prayer. It gives us ways to converse with God that um, that are informed by his word. And we're really just we're really warming our. He, another thing he says, we're warming ourselves at the fire mm. of his word um, yeah. and. and um, and yeah, so I, I think in that way, it even aids in some of the other disciplines, right? Is it really, it really shapes us, uh, to, to think of the things of God, to talk to God, to God, to talk back to God about the things of God. And, um, yeah, so. Great. Yeah. I think going back to that ruminate idea, you know, the cows who would chew on food would go into the fistula, digest some that spit it back up, that chew on it again. I know it's a gross image, but that, that's what we do. Like, and I'm not sure. Our culture doesn't promote pondering and mm. slow thought and repetitive yep. thought and deep thought. And yep. so that, I think, is the kind of idea of, of meditation, really letting the word saturate. Mm-hmm. Maybe another good word, saturate your thinking and try to, to really wring every, every aspect of a passage for, for what it is. Yeah, I mean, as you're talking, to, we're, it's almost like we're, we're the scroll generation. You know, yeah, and that's that idea of we're not being really taught much anymore how to ponder and slow down. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit more um, later on as well. So um, Don Whitney, he's someone who's written a lot about the means of grace. He recently said I was listening to him. And he said if he could wave a magic wand and convince Christians to be consistent at at least one of these well-worn paths, of these means of grace. He said it would be Bible meditation, hands down. Uh, so what do you guys make of that statement? Do you guys agree with him? And, you know, What do you think makes him so passionate about this particular spiritual discipline? Well, I think, um, kind of, Ross, what you were just saying about the, the generation of the scroll, the endless scroll, refreshing. I think that, you know, uh, we're, we're having a social dilemma um, conversation, a conversation around the documentary on Netflix, Social Dilemma, on Thursday. Um, I guess when this episode is dropping is when that first conversation is going to happen. And what they talk about in, in that documentary is that the is that these social media platforms are it's sort of a race to the bottom of the brainstem and they're really vying for our unconscious attention. Mm. And so one of the things that Whitney's saying here is that um, it's not it's like the, these social media platforms are not racing for our conscious attention. It's our unconscious attention. And so I yeah. think one of the reasons Whitney is probably so passionate is because what are we filling our day with? What are we being discipled by? Is it what do we do? when we have a free moment we pick up our phone right that's something that is just coming becoming second nature to us it's without even thinking how did i have my how did i get my phone in my hand how did yeah. that happen um and so i think if we 
if we're going to be discipled by something, if we're going to fill our mind and our in our moments with something, um, biblical meditation. This is where this is where that should really start to uh, take over our lives. And and um, in this in this battle that we're doing against uh, using our phone all the time, I think our phone is often winning. Um, and biblical meditation probably is not. Um, and so this is a way for us to to really kind of reshape how we how we fill those those moments, those those like kind of day to day. Uh, moments where we just have a little bit of free time, and what do we do? We we're not we're not comfortable with our silence. We're not comfortable with our thoughts. We just want to pick up and be distracted. Yeah, and on that same line, I was reading recently about research on the attention span of humans these days. Where in in the year two thousand, the average attention span was twelve seconds, um, and even that sounds really low. Um, but that was before the digital re- revolution, and and now nowadays calculations are that the typical human attention span is eight seconds. I don't really know all of what that all means, uh, but the author also pointed out that the the attention span of a goldfish is nine seconds, and so we're losing as humans to goldfish <laughs> now. Uh, but that's just kind of right in that same way line of thinking that you were talking about, Sean, and just how important this is for us. And I wonder what they think about for those nine seconds. That's true. Yeah. So I'm not sure I agree with Whitney without hearing context. I would agree with him. I think that it is probably one of the most uh, important means personally. But I think if we say it that strongly, I think we miss some of the corporate nature of of what we're called to do as a church and to be a body together. So, That'd be the quibble, yep. uh, but if if we were to say in my my personal life, as I have my uh, personal communion with the Lord, I think I'd, I'd probably agree because it, meditation does so many things, right? It includes scripture reading. It, yeah. it can include prayer if you're having that bridge to prayer, as Sean talked about, which I, I think we'll get to the CBR promotes that. And so you're then really trying to ponder and think and treasure the things of God, see where you need to repent of your sin, apply the forgiveness of the gospel, know how to intercede for yourself and others. So I I can see how that is because that's where we're going to get, where we're going to grow, where our minds are going to be transformed. Yeah. Uh, Not just by quick intake, but by allowing the spirit to, to allow us to ponder, treasure, ruminate, meditate, whatever word we want to choose. Yeah. No, that's that's great. It's it is such a catalyst to so many other um, means of of relating and and being in relationship with Christ. And can I just acknowledge real quick? This is hard right now. I mean, I, I with yeah. with the constant with the twenty four hour news cycle. I was I was watching a um an, a specific news channel. I'm not going to necessarily go into which one, just for the sake of it doesn't matter. Uh, but tell one us, of the commercials. Tell us. It was CBS News. They have a they have like an they have a commercial that was like that says on the CBS news network itself, not C- not big CBS, but they have a CBS news network. And one of their commercials advertising it is always on. We are always on, mm. always sharing, always mm. re- refreshing. Yeah. What's the news. And so what's hard is there's all these other forces that are trying to pull us away from having slow, thoughtful meditation, allowing our brains and our hearts to chew mm-hmm. and savor the juices. We're a fast food culture. We're a fast yeah. news culture. We're all these other things. So this is like I want to acknowledge for people who are listening to this, like this is so hard to do. This is yeah. so hard to to really sit down and be disciplined because there's so many yes. other things that are um, that are doing battle against us in this area yeah yeah always breaking news right always i think isn't it up where the dog gets always distracted by the squirrel you know yeah. squirrel 
right. Um, yeah. It feels feels like that as well. Yeah, no, those are those are great, and you know, I think even there's just many instances in the Bible where it also talks about just the the benefits mm-hmm. and the importance of meditation. I thought it was interesting. One of the authors pointed out, you know, that that profound passage in Joshua one, the Israelites are finally across the Jordan river. It's, it's now time to really take the promised land and, and really, if you will, claim the promises of God. But, uh, there's all these Canaanites. And so it's that passage of courage and, um, God calls for Joshua to have courage, but how will he get courage? And I think if you study that passage, you have to see that part of how Joshua is going to build courage from God is by meditating on God's law. That's the next verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there is an interesting connection of just some of the the benefits of meditation for our own Christian life um, and how it, it gives us many things, including courage. Um, and then... Um, yeah, I was just going to say Psalm 119 by David really is meditation. Yeah. He's taking, you know, you, again, using poetry and the alphabet right. as, and acrostics as a means to meditate, contemplate, look yeah. at the multifaceted edges of the diamonds of Scripture and apply it to his, ho- his heart so that he won't sin, that he'll treasure the Lord, that he'll walk in obedience, that he'll be repentant, that he'll weep at the sin of others. I mean, there's just such beauty. It's a perfect example of what we can do when we look at the Scriptures. Yeah, and another psalm, Psalm 1, is a classic psalm on this whole concept. And yep. I just love that connection of blessed is the one. Um, eventually it says who meditates on God's word and his law. And, and that word blessed is, is a really uh, should grab our attention. That should be the kind of person in life that we want. And this is one of the primary ways to it is meditating on God's word. So... All that to say is we do, as you can see, really um, believe in and, and see the importance of this. So enter the CBR journal. There, of course, there are many ways um, to meditate on God's word, but um, we're just going to probably spend most of our, the rest of our time talking about specifically the CBR community Bible reading journal. So Dan and Sean, how is the CBR journal helpful for this whole idea of biblical meditation? Yeah, I think, as we've said, again, to be clear, it's not the method, it's a method. But what it does, I think, is give us clear, in their introduction in particular, clear descriptions of how to develop these skills. Because hmm. a lot of us haven't learned these skills of how to, what does it mean to meditate? Again, we often think of emptying our mind and kind of like, all right, God, what do you want to say to me? Um, and God can speak that way, but he normally speaks through the scriptures as we interact with them. That's his voice speaking to us. And as we ask questions like, what does this reveal about the character and the beauty and the nature of God? And how does this show me I, that I need a savior? How does this show me the beauty of the savior? How, what, for what can I give thanks for how the Lord's been working in my life? And, um, how, how do I understand his arc of redemption for people from this passage? We can meditate and think through those things. Uh, I'm th- I remember the story of a, a man who was teaching uh, a student uh, how to, to, how to uh, do research, and he had him look at a fish. You may, I all may have heard this story, and I'll kind of butcher it. But he, he's all right. All right, down. Write everything you can about the fish. And Professor leaves, and about ten minutes, the guy's done. You know, and has a list of fifteen, twenty. And man comes back. He says, "Is that it?" And hmm. so the idea is for a week, he made him come back and figure like, just keep 
observing, noting, looking at all the different details till he mm. knew that fish could draw it inside out till he knew everything about it. Now we don't have the time to do that, but that's the the concept of let's not just take a quick hit and go I understand this and move on, but the journal can help you slow down. Yeah. Writing can help you slow down. Yep. Uh, and to put thought to paper. Uh, there's even something they say in the act of writing that helps you think and remember and Hmm. Uh, and I don't do that every day, but uh, but oftentimes I do just to help me express what I'm doing and be able to then pray it back to the Lord. So I think those of you who feel like I don't know what to do when I read the Bible, this helps train you to do it. And also why I say pick the New Testament or just pick the Old Testament. Just right. begin. Don't find this a task to have to do all of it, but meet with the Lord. Think about the Lord. Commune with the Lord. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, so just building on that, the, the, the helpfulness of it is that the structure it gives. Of course, it's not the way, right, like we've said, but it does help if you if your muscles are sort of atrophied in this area or if you just don't have any. Um, it's a really helpful place to start. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually kind of a biblical way of even doing this, surrendering through prayer and then listening to the scriptures, let, letting, it, letting it soak in that this is God speaking to us as we read it. Um, and then sort of what to focus on. What do I what do I notice from the passage? So like when I think about making different meals at home, there are some recipes that I've got in the back of my head and I can just do without having to look at the card. But there are sometimes by making a new recipe, I have to be glued to that to those instructions. What is what is it telling me to do? How how does this work? Um, and as I do it over and over and over again, it becomes easier. It's like with anything. Right. But. Yep. Um, but as we as we kind of use this as one tool, um, it does help us to get into a rhythm of focusing on the right things, right? Mm-hmm. Not using the not using the Bible as just a sort of a therapeutic. Oh, this is the verse I needed for this one moment, um, right? It you know um, it, it can help us really learn the character of God. So if David can meditate, you know, uh, on on God's law, and he can enjoy. In, in you know the time that he was enjoying it, how much more can we enjoy the, having the the full story oh, yeah. of Jesus? That's and, a great point, um, right? So like you know, th- but this gives us a structure. It gives us a, a biblical structure of learning about who God is, the character of God, and just it helps develop some of those muscles. Yeah, absolutely. And just to get more into the structure of it, you know, I really there's so much I like about it. I I really like that it starts off with a this first section is called surrender. And I know, for, especially for me, I, I, I typically wake up and my mind immediately is just filled with the cares of the day. And even maybe I've thought about them in the middle of the night a little bit um, and it's kept me up. But um, I know that I really need that that portion of, of my walk with God, especially when I sit down to, to meditate on scripture. I need to really bring to mind and name the things that are weighing on my heart that may distract me from engaging well with the word. Um, and I think it, it even helps me name them so that I can really let God's word speak into those specific things. Um, and I think also they say in their introduction that this practice of, of starting in that way really helps make, make it our Bible reading more relational than ritual, which it can, Mm. can, can easily become that. Um, and I think it really just starts, you know, making it a, a time of communion with God. I also love their language. They talk about the idea of listening to scripture versus studying. And you got to be careful with that distinction because I don't want to say studying scripture is wrong, but I think there's, they're, they're just trying to say, I think for this moment in this engaging with scripture, um, 
let's let's focus more on listening to it than studying it. And what they mean by that is it's um, kind of listening is putting yourself under the scripture. Studying is more like putting yourself over it and, and kind of dissecting it. And of course, you can't fully distinguish those things. But especially as a pastor, I need that reminder to to come to this word to not um, just be studying it. I, I can typically that can be one of my pitfalls in my time with in the word is I just start only thinking about how do I would teach this to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Eugene Peterson gives a similar distinction. He talks about being readers versus listeners of the word and readers being more like that, putting yourself over and studying it. And I, I love the word listen because it's very relational. Um, it, it makes it a very relational because I think we do need to remember every time we sit down that like Dan said in a sermon the other day, like we are, this is, this is God speaking to us and being in a posture of listening. Um, and kind of similar to what Dan was saying earlier, one of the guys we read, he said, we shouldn't always feel the need to finish the required reading of that day. But if, you know, maybe we stop on a certain verse that really grabs us and just pause there and really let it sink in and, and read it over and over again, maybe memorize it. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's probably been one of the more encouraging aspects. I also love at the end, it just, it ends with a prepare for gospel community. Um, and that's been a really helpful for me as I've started using the CBR journal in the last two months. Um, I think I've found myself calling the passage to mind more during the day I think specifically because of that section where I really want to just take everything I've read everything I've studied and just boil it down to okay what's the takeaway mm-hmm. for my day to day yeah I love that point too because it it's it's tying in what might right my quibble with Whitney of yes it's important for you personally to meditate yeah. think on the scripture but it's not an end to itself right exactly. it's to be done in community let us spur each other on yep. towards love and good deeds let's sing psalms hymns and spiritual songs to each other admonishing each other with the word as paul writes in colossians i mean there's just all these things for us to do and you know even yesterday i mean you guys knew it we had our staff meeting and uh, i opened the devotion with luke 8 and i did so in the elders and deacons meeting last night uh because one, it's on the my mind, but two, this encouragement, like let's let's live this in community together. Yeah. Um, and and you know, for me, as I came through it, it, it was also a fun passage since we've just looked at uh, two of the sections yep. in, in Luke when we were looking at how the miracles are a window into the grand story of redemption. And you know, my heart and mind kind of fixated on Jesus calming the storm and his question, where is your faith? Hmm. And then being stunned by the fact that, you know, he calmed the wind and the waves and say, who is this? And then we're reminded of the other miracles of uh, exercising the demon, healing uh, Jairus's daughter. And, and then in chapter nine, Peter confessing Christ. And the reason I stuck there is it, it's been interesting just to the several conversations I've had in the last couple days, just with all that's gone on, people are anxious. People are, are yeah. worried. Uh, different reasons, different concerns, but they're they feel the tumultuous storm. Hmm. And again, I'm not. You know, we know the big picture is Jesus frees us from death and the seas yeah. of death. But if He does the greater, as Romans eight says, and how much more will He be with us now? So we know how to come to this, but to say, all right how does this speak to our fears and say, where's our faith? Well, our faith is in uh, the King of creation 
who is with us and for his people and establishing his church. And so whether it was the person who is waiting on a doctor's referral or if it's the person who's fearful about um, our government or the person who is grieving, maybe like me and my father's death, mm-hmm. uh, there's just so many ways this passage applies to it and how yeah. we can encourage each other with that and, and find hope in it. So yesterday was a perfect example of meditating on it and being able to share it in community. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I was obviously reading the same passage yesterday and just the story of, you know, Jesus right after doing the, the parable of the soils, he almost expands upon it. Um, and a story a little bit later, just saying no one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand. And I think that was really, um, encouraging to me. And, uh, I even that, you know, it has the ACTS sections and that S section, it, part of what they're wanting you to do there is really start, um, asking God to help you apply it to your life, not only spur you into prayer for others, but look more at your life coming up. And I, I was just able to find out like, where are going to be times, even in this coming day where I'm going to be tempted to put the lamp under the jar, um, in my interactions with staff and my interactions with people in the church and my neighbors. And I was able to just even have specific prayers for that. And it was just helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then actually where I, where I landed most, uh, mostly was that next one that Jesus's mother, mothers and brothers and, and Jesus is sort of breaking down these, maybe these, some of these tribal lines that we, d- w- that we draw in our, in our current society with all mm-hmm. the things that are happening sort mm-hmm. of in politically. Yep. Um, and, and realizing I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about how, we have the Lord's Prayer in common with Christians all over the world. There are mm. Christians all over the world saying the same Lord's Prayer as us in all these different languages. And they were talking about this, I guess, this temple in Jerusalem where all the different Lord's Prayers in these different languages are mm-hmm. written out. And um, and how beautiful that is to remember and to remind ourselves that like we have way more in common with, with believing brothers and sisters than uh, what meets our our political reality. And so... Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I think I think that stuck with me too yesterday, and just praying for that kind of unity. Doing gospel community together is preaching this unity that that exists with like through Jesus and through His work and and how He's continuing this grand story of redemption despite all of the other ways that we yeah. uh, sort of draw these tribal lines. Um, yeah. So it's just funny that we we all kind of took three different passages and they I know I was just going to say that yeah. Yeah. yeah that we all God spoke to us in different ways in this one chapter. So. All right. Well, I mean, CBR, of course, is great and we promote it, um, but there's so much more that could be said about this. We don't have the time, but I would just maybe finish by asking you guys, you know, what's maybe one final word of encouragement uh, from each of us uh, to our listeners about meditating on God's word? Well, I think just give it a shot. Dan was saying this earlier, but it could be messy or awkward or just feel like you don't know what you're doing, but you yeah. just sit with it and do it. it. The word will not come back empty, right? Yeah. It will have an impact on you. It will start to, to shape and, and, uh, and really mold you into a follower of Jesus, someone who seeks to, to bring God glory and not yourself. Um, so really just sit down and, and try it. Reach out to someone who you trust that can help you or that you can share your struggles with. Like I sat down uh, a few days ago to try and do this. And I just got nothing out. It was like, mm-hmm. felt empty and I was just distracted. And so I told, I told Julie, I was like, I, I, you know, I didn't get a lot out of this. And anyway, so it just was like, it, it's helpful to, to do that, to just share yeah. and to, and to be willing to be vulnerable about how even this is a, is a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
what I would say is start off slow if you're not used to this. Kind of like when you go to work mm. out. Like, don't try to crush it the first day. You yeah. know, like, ask questions about what can I see about the character and the nature of God. Adore God. Just do one of them. You know, yeah. a, a, a lot, 10 minutes, five minutes to read the passage, five minutes to think about that, and then pray it back. If, you know, you're, you're developed more habits in that way, then uh, lengthen the time, right? Don't, I, I see so many people at the start of the year, like, I'm going to do this intense Bible reading. Well, that that's great. But are you going to make it through the year doing that? You know, so let's build good habits uh, that are going to transform that you're going to do and don't feel like you have to try to um, do it all at once. And and I think what Sean said too is, you know, find somebody, a friend, a spouse, community group member, say, hey, let's text each other and mm. see what we're doing, what we've done. And just to remember, you know, some meals you make, they're, they're fast. You got to throw them together. The day's rushed. Others you can linger over, you can savor, you can delight in. And that's going to happen some days. And that that's okay. Like yeah. we need to give ourselves... Uh, grace we can often put such a we can make this again a, a drudgery instead of a delight yeah um, yeah no and kind of building on all of that uh, i said it in my sermon a couple of weeks ago but just this distinction that an author pointed out to me of the the different kind of longings or thirsts that our soul can have there's the thirst of an empty soul that's someone who is maybe more on the cusp of of accepting christ and um, has never experienced there's the longing of a dry soul who has tasted and seen, but but who has not experienced Christ as richly lately. And then there's finally the well, very different idea where he talks about the longing of a satisfied soul mm-hmm. and someone who um, is really in a season of drinking deeply from the, the grace of Christ, um, you know, mainly through his word, but in other ways, and how that really has a, a building effect mm-hmm. and um the more you experience the the blessing of meditation as someone says the more and more you'll want um you know christ is infinitely satisfying yeah and um the more we have of him the more we want and so i think if we really give the time as, as i love how you you guys both were just kind of giving simple encouragement towards just starting somewhere um, and if we really start giving the time to meditating and savoring and ruminating and chewing the cud of God's word, uh, I really promise that your longings for it will will continue to grow and it'll be easier and easier, I think, mm. to uh, make time for it. And you'll wa- you, you will just want to keep coming back. So, yeah, just some introductory thoughts about this amazing uh, practice of um, meditating on God's word. Um, next time we'll kind of build upon that. Uh, we're going to talk about um, memorizing God's word. It's it's kind of a, a maybe a sub point under biblical meditation um, that we'll get into a little bit more. But um, memorizing God's word, and uh, so we're excited to talk about that next time and uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this discussion as much as we have uh, thank you for joining us and uh, grace and peace to you all until we meet.